Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to The Daniel Baldwin Show. This is Anthony Munoz, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN. Hi, this is Bruce Smith, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show. Hi, this is Cornelius Bennett, and you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show here on ESPN. Jim Kelly, you're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is Chris Berman, a.k.a. The Swami. I am predicting that you are listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Dean Kane. You're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio, and so am I. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. A woman on the radio talks about ah! and welcome to the big show. Welcome. Um, Kerak Josh. And also yeah. you. Needs no introduction. Thank you. And of course, the incomparable Polly the Mole Sibelia. The Mole. It's almost time for us to bring you back up a little bit. We might need Alec to call in. To say hi to his mole. <laughs> it was a great moment when we were in New York for the basketball, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, it, it was like um, the the kid who's in seventh or eighth grade and has a crush on the hot science yeah. teacher. Yeah, yeah. You know, so pull it. I'll, I'll run out and get out. I'll, I'll go I'll help him. And he ran across, and he he was I outside. Did. We held hands and skipped into he the came, hotel together. He came in. He came in. He goes, Alec recognized me right away. Well, you guys always well, say that if he waving your arms at no, him. No, I was Alec. not. He said, "Hey, mole." Adorable. <laughs> Adorable. <laughs> his his greeting to me was, "Hey, mole." Oh my god, Forrest, what's up? He can't speak. Oh, he spoke. There's the mistake. He no, spoke. No, I got to speak. That second. This isn't Simon Says. Darn it. I'm looking to knock this down to a zero. It's not not going to make it to seven. I guarantee you. It's not going to? On their yeah. own, they'll do it? All right, if you're so, uh, watching on our Facebook live feed, facebook.com slash ESPN Syracuse, you will see the ceremonial changing of the number of the days since the last F up here on ESPN Radio. We have reached two days. Two days. Wow. Congratulations, Neil. What the heck's wrong with Gub? Neil! He's in a bad mood. You can't use sign language? Are you in a bad mood? All right. One is is yes, two is no. You in a bad mood? Not a bad mood? He's in a good mood. All right. Mommy didn't make him breakfast this morning. Something happened. So, so I, I get into that. I get into My Jimmy Dean from Odell. So I get in this morning and I come up behind caps. And and I'm looking at, you know, is it just because of these electronic devices, have we slipped? I think it's an, an overall slip society-wise when it comes to work ethic and so on. I mean, if I worked here, even when I came here, I was looking stuff up. I print stuff up. I get stuff going. I mean, like, I'm excited. He's looking at phone covers, like like funny-looking phone covers, and I guess he's shopping for a, a phone cover. And and it's it's nine oh five, you know. Mm-hmm. We've started our day, and and I and I said the same thing to Josh. I told him this earlier, and Josh goes, "Yeah, you should be looking up sporting stuff." Then Paulie comes and says the same thing. You should be looking up stuff and getting ready. Like maybe there's some little jewel or a cool story you could do a spin on it. But no, they're looking at phone covers. Yeah, and it's not. Like something you can train somebody on either. It's like you get hired at McDonald's, you know, I should probably be making hamburgers right, right now. Right. Yeah, you right. Can, or cleaning <laughs> something. Yes, or yeah. but, but, but here's the problem. See, this is why it traces back to Salzone, who trained uh, Forrest. And, and, and as you've told me before, 
Salzone's work ethic hasn't always been the greatest for you when it came to this to this show, and so he, you're, you're sending them in. It's like sending him, you know, uh, sending them in with a skincare product to a leper den. You know, <laughs> what are we doing? So now you're watching the mistakes and the work ethic of Gump, who has a pretty good work ethic. He'll he'll work hard, but Caps is in there. Caps Caps is learning from Gump. Caps. Cap, what's Cap? Cap, he's got no Cap, interest in any of this. I don't think. Caps came out the gate. He was hot. Was he hot? I thought he was hot. He was I, lukewarm. I think. And then he I was mean, lukewarm. You, there's a million sports websites you can go through. Yeah, my God! If you just Google sport, sports you, news, yeah, it just it goes go on e- for days. ESPN, Fox News, or funny stuff that's going. Hey, I got an idea about. Fun. I mean, I I did stuff in the morning show where I'd mm-hmm. go ridiculous stuff where they roll down hills in a piece of dough and they do, they yeah. do all kinds of crazy stuff. If I had at my disposal two producers, I w- I would I would be overjoyed. It's just Cody and I on my show. If I had two guys who could be out there printing me stuff, oh, I'd be furious if they. I weren't think doing you that. need to. Oh yeah, yeah. Want me to yell at him? Yeah, I think you need to. I think you need to. I think Neil's giving you the most gas he's got. Like that's pretty much. We're looking at. We're looking at. Yeah, he's got two speeds. (laughs) We're looking at. Slow and slower. Well, see, here's here's also a difference. See, Mm -hmm. I don't see ten years from now, we're an international known show. We have television. We've made movies about this show for sure. Absolutely. Okay. So knowing that. I don't see Caps being here with us for a long time because I think he goes back to school. He gets involved in business or whatever he's going to do. Mm-hmm. So, but Forrest, on the other hand, is you know dangling off a cliff with one hand right now, and his fingers are getting tired. You know, and and he wants to stay. I think this is what he wants to do. He he's studying this at university. Uh, he came in on, on the amazing Gomez and Lisa show he's, in the mornings. He's Wiley Coyote. <laughs> Are they like number one rated in the nation now? I think they're the biggest. There's a yeah, biggest show they're, here. They're the biggest show there is. Yeah. He he's Wiley Coyote. He's Wiley Coyote. He can't yes, catch the Roadrunner. Yeah, he's just doing it. He's blowing himself up every chance he gets. He's yeah, yeah. running well, into painted tunnels. He wants to be a success yes, he and wants, catch yes, the Roadrunner. Yes, the radio is his Roadrunner, and he's buying Acme bombs. Acme, I love Acme. Acme had everything, didn't they? All right, let's talk about something because I want to get suggestions uh the phone in number is 315-437-7644 again 315-437-7644 you can call in and give us some ideas on this because i really do need some help or you can text at 315 and then it gets foggy because it's in the shade over there 288-0644 you can text us you can also hit us on twitter at at espn syracuse so here's my question we were all hot and heavy. We went and I took this meeting with the great one, Ed Levine, who's, uh, is he uh, skeet shooting in Siberia again? I think no, he's, he's, here, he's, he's here. He's here. He's here? Yeah. He gave up that big skeet, skeet trip with yeah. with. We Putin? got the company Christmas party tomorrow. He's going to be oh, here. Oh, yeah. He's got to give Holiday up the sticky party sweater party. award. I'm not going. Good. I'm not going. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're not going? I can't. My uh, Robin has uh, gone down to Florida, mm-hmm. uh, and I have the girls, and they have a half day of school. Oh, So gotcha. they get off the ba- the bus, and getting someone in the middle of the day to babysit, you know what? And, and my little girls, they're, they're, you know, they're going through a lot of stuff right now, so I, I need to be home and be daddy, so I'm going to go do that. It's a good move. Um, yeah, yeah. Respectful. So, so here's, here's, what, here's what I want to talk about. It came to me, and I, came to, I went to Polly, and Josh, you have a lot of experience doing this, being on the road with the show and going on locations. Mm-hmm. 
But correct me if I'm wrong. I go to Robbins, the Baldwin Mansion, and we, we run with this idea of going down there for the bowl game. But isn't it probably better to be in Cam's or Wildcat or one of the bars here or whatever and do the show for two hours from there and yeah, stay home? It is. It's a better experience for the fans, and I think it's a better experience for you. Yeah, I think so. Because I've, th- I've done those, like, you go on the road for something. Even when you go down to New York City or something for some big game, and you're in a hotel lobby. You never know if anyone's going to be there. Like, it's by yourself. It's a cooler experience for the listeners to come out and see Daniel Baldwin do his show before the bowl. Okay. Like, so, so wherever I, that is. I, I, I think you're right. I think that uh, we need to... Now, we need to figure... We need the businesses. We need your suggestions. Where does our show fit in best? Who is going to... Uh, Adult uh, world. Cap- <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm listening. Go ahead. Listen... You know what? I mean, I could do the live rubber show. Could you do a? Could you do watch the game through a peep, like a peep window? The curtain opens a little bit. We do a show, then the curtain closes. You again. could do the virtual three, virtual reality. Uh, uh, get glasses on. We could win, win a dream date with Paul. I, I can tell you, the salespeople were on the phones yesterday trying to sell it. So. That's exciting. Yeah, I think it's a really good idea. I think. Well, I mean, aren't we just a ridiculously natural fit for Wildcat? Where's our Where's our team at Wildcat? That's the spot. Yeah, we'll see what they can work out with them. Yeah, they got to figure you know. it out. They and then it, it depends. Do you want to do it during your normal time slot, or do you want to do it before the bowl? But I think Brent's on the air. I don't know. Well, I think I think our slot would be open from ten to twelve. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody else is on vacation that week, so we'll go do the show. We'll play the bowl game before it, after we get off the air, and then. Uh, do a little pregame show and then right into. into All right, so lay, lay that out for me. So we would go on from ten to twelve. Yep. Right, and then the game's on at what time? Uh, five fifteen. Okay, so what happens from twelve to five fifteen? We would air the game that ESPN, like the Insight.com Bowl or something, right before it, and then when that ends, we'll go into our see, now pregame I th- show. See, now I think locally it would be hysterical. To have the game go on, and we can mute what they're saying. We can do our own. He sucks. The guy sucks. <laughs> we can be hysterical. I can't imagine the the people who carry the game would yeah, love that I don't idea. Think ESPN but would be, be thrilled that we're mystery science theatering <laughs> the entire bowl game. Oh my god, that would be It'd so. Be, great. I would love it. Don't tell me. Don't you convince me. Speaking of Wildcat, we are, we've got an interview with Dennis Miller coming up uh, that is a little lengthy. So. Let's take this break a little early one. We'll do So What, which is brought to you by Wildcat Pizza Love Pub. some Wildcat Pizza Pub, man. The cat. the cat. I'm so excited. It's time for... Um, I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control and I just can't... Um. So what? It's unlistenable radio. <laughs> you understand the me? Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now. Joshua, what do you got? Oh, I've got So What? Brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus. Watch all the SU and NFL action on their big screen TVs. Voted best in Syracuse by the 2018 Syracuse New Times readers. Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus. SI Sports Illustrated has released their 2018 college football All-American team. The only player from Syracuse to make it, uh, which is still an honor, is kicker Kevin Schmidt. He has made their list of the best player in the country. So what? So what? So. <laughs> That's pretty big. It's pretty big. Yeah. So what? I like it. A kicker. I like it too. Congratulations, Kevin. Great job. You were really, really great this year. So what? 
He made 28 field goals this so far this season, including all three of his attempts from at least 50 yards out. I think he's three or three or four. Yeah, he will if, if he keeps this up. He's he's nine points short of Daryl Henderson for the national scoring title. Yes, of all time, of Ooh. all time. So, so, so if we, if, and what year is he in? I think he's a fresh. He's a freshman, yeah. Yeah, a freshman. So he could be kicking you know, or, or is he? Does he bounce? <laughs> one and done. He's a one and done. He's a kicker. He's one and done. He's going done? pro. <laughs> no, think about it. He's going. No, he's, he's the best. He's the best, the best in the country. Are they on your computer again? Yes, I. T- I want to tear that down. <laughs> I want to tear it down. Who's Why on earth? Gump, get in here. He doesn't Gump, know. Gump, get in he here. Doesn't know. In I just told of so him what? not to touch the In the middle of so what? He doesn't know. Get in here, Gump. Bring Nikki Caps. All right, go ahead. Next. Story. Caps can translate. <laughs> USA Today has released the uh, list of the highest paid assistant coaches. None of Syracuse's coaches making the list. But number one is Dave Aranda from LSU, defensive coordinator who made $2.5 million as an assistant coach. Wow. That's a lot of dough as an assistant. That's how much Bayheim makes a year as the head coach, I think. <laughs> so Babers makes, I think. The LSU wow. defensive coordinator made $2.5 million. And this year. is why I say you got to pay your assistants. If you want good assistants, you got to pay them. But they're not going to pay them that kind of money, but. That, 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 that just dawned on me. Mm. So. Babers makes as much as Bayheim. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah f- football makes football runs the the bus. Or it's the bus driver at all. Not Syracuse. I know. We're no, it is. it is. Right. It is. <laughs> not Syracuse doesn't. Like who's? How much does the head coach of Clemson's basketball team make? Right. Right. You know right. No, I get that. I get that. Like yeah. the LSU men's but basketball. They're also putting coach. eighty thousand fans in the stands for a football right, game. Right. 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 But we're you know anyway. Uh, just nod your head. Were you on the computer again after you said don't go on the computer? <laughs> Not <nodded> yes. <laughs> what? Can, can I speak a, to Gump off? Okay, he seems very upset now. There's a time and a place. When the break first starts, you do it. That's what? when you check. Chicken said no. He has work he has to do. All right, talk. He's committed. Uh, we can I will just allow talk. you to talk. You told me to, to make sure. You Turn his mic on. Turn his mic on. Now I'm, you're going to lose the sign. I'm simply doing what you told me to do, which was you told me to make sure the Syracuse and Utica are lined up. Yeah, That's wouldn't you do I that before doing. the show starts? Not during the show when I'm using the computer? Is that not common sense? No one likes to listen to the beginning in Utica. <laughs> that is not common sense. I see Neil's point. Wow, well, see? It's Fine. not common sense to see if all the breaks line up before the... When I'm, he, I'm Ron Pauly. I'm Ron. All right, thank you. I know. Oh, the two stays up. Gump just, the nod, Gump, just nod your head. Gump, Gump, don't walk away when I'm talking to you, please. That That's... Oh, no. Oh. Oh, no. We're back to In zero. Insupportation? I don't care what he does with you. Don't disrespect me like that. Oh. I'm going to call his mom. This is... This is... This is you you could have not crumpled up. I crumpled too. it up, printed it again. It's for dramatic effect. It was. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. All right, go. Wait, am I wrong there? Like you would check to see if the brakes line up before the show you've starts. You become a real tyrant, I and I, know, you've I really know. become a hard I th- ass. I, th- I, th- I think what I'm, I have to I'm, become I'm a hard ass. Offering, I'm, I'm not saying I'm, you're wrong. I'm offering this to you. Yeah, I'm offering this to you. I have had where where my staff is 200, you know, on a movie, mm-hmm. and sometimes you need to consider. Like a Sathya Berry. <laughs> you, just, you beat him like a mule. <laughs> I mean, then there's other guys that you, you know, you, you change. So you can't one size fits all this. 
Gump is very sensitive. He's right. He's very sensitive. You're probably going to get a better result because you know, I always look at what's going to help the movie. I don't care about my my ego. Or the, mm-hmm. What's going to make them and get this guy to do his job? He's a soft sell. For you sure. see how he shut down right yeah, there? You see that? The, you walked away. Out of walked him. away. I mean, you beat the kid. He's going to walk out. He's the one that made the mistake. I'm not going to yell at Seth about his mistake. He's going to file a, uh, a complaint, I ha- I complaint have, to the union. I have, I have to start laying into all of them. But there's a <laughs> lot of things that he thinks he's doing correctly that he's not reading your mind on. Anyways, I don't care. I don't. I, I, I okay. love Neil, but I don't want to spend all day talking about it. So what? Yeah. So what? Uh, rumors are now starting again, as they tend to do, about Jim Harbaugh going to the NFL. It makes sense. The Packers job's open. You get a chance to coach Aaron Rodgers. You get a chance to win a Super Bowl. Of course. I'll tell you why I believe this is possible. <clears throat> because of the symmetry of it. And, I, and, and I'll explain. When you're the head coach in Michigan and you're, the, and, and you're a Michigan fan, there's a few things that have to happen for you, for you to be successful. Um, and he has been unable to do one of the biggest ones. Um, so number one, you want to get to a major bowl game or be playing for the national title. Uh, number two, you have to beat Ohio State. You have to beat them. And I don't think he's beaten them once in his, in his five years now. So that's a big problem. And now that he was number four and looking like he was going to play for the national title and get into the, uh, the bowl series, um, and that's been lost by getting, I mean, not just lost, but they got crushed by Ohio State. So... I think the door is open for him to look at and, and say, "Is this this is the moment now for him? Whether he's going to make this hit, his he's going to be a Bo Schembechler and he's going to stay there for the next fifteen, or does he then go? Because when he left, uh, remember he he went to a Super Bowl as a head coach in the NFL and played his brother for God's sake. He lost, but he got there." So I think there's got to be NFL opportunities. I think people, he took San Francisco, who was not in good shape, and and, and tooled them uh, to a Super Bowl performance. Um, but certainly, if he's going to go, it's going to be right now. And so, does he go to Green Bay? Or Cleveland. Cleveland's got a pretty bright future. I would, If I was him, I would want to go to Cleveland more than I want to go to Green Bay. And I'll tell you why. Because Aaron is coming up, you know, I, mean, I don't know if he's going to do the... The Brady thing until he's 42, I don't think so. Um, he has not proven to be as durable as Tom Brady. I said, but uh, but also, there's something, too, about that Michigan-Chicago Bear mentality. The last place as a guy who is known to play as a Chicago Bear you would want to be a coach would be the Green Bay Packers. They hate each other. They're very close. Um, they're super competitive with each other. And they despise each other. I gotta say, that would be like being a star at Alabama and pl- and being the coach at Auburn. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, I just don't see that happening. So, but I I do think that he would be um, a great coach at Cleveland. Um, I have to say, I'm intrigued by this. I don't think it's a so what. I think that there's a a shot. This would be the moment he would do it, though. Let him get through his bowl game and then go. Possibility. A lot of NBA pl- a lot of NBA stars are seemingly reluctant to join forces with LeBron James. Kevin Durant saying it's because a media circus surrounds him. Kevin Durant told Bleacher Report, "Quote: He has so many fanboys in the in the media. Even just the beat writers fawn over him. It's like we're playing basketball here, and it's not even about basketball. So why would anybody want to be around that?" Well, I think that that's um, 
a, a convenient way for Kevin Durant just to try to make an excuse of why he doesn't want to be a Laker. He's taking himself out of that out of that pool because he's one of the biggest guys on the market that's a free agent next season. And there was some speculation as to whether or not would he be that other name, Kawhi Leonard. I think it's it's um, they're not able to say in public what they really think, and that is. You get a certain amount of touches. There's a certain amount of times on average in any game that you get the ball, that you're on offense. When you when you look at a team in the fourth quarter in football and you say, do you go for it on fourth and a half yard from midfield with nine minutes left? Well, the chances are that you know, they're going to run the ball a certain amount of times. You're going to get the ball back. They know around where they're going to get the ball back if you hold them. And you do the math of do we have time to do this now or is it outweigh the gamble? Certainly if you're down by two scores, you mathematically eliminate yourself unless you stop them on the first defensive series. It's the same type of thing here. There are numbers that support how many rebounds you're going to get, how many times you're going to be able to shoot the ball. And people, when you give the ball to LeBron, He's a black hole. He's going he's gonna to shoot the ball more often than he's going to pass it. And he's going to take the ball up. And he's going to control the offense. And you are going to be on LeBron James's team. Is it wise of Kawhi Leonard to be on a team that is known as the LeBron James team when you could be the starting head guy on almost any team in the league? And the answer to that question for me is probably not. Probably not. Now, if they- you want to win, it is. If you want to win a championship, it, you know, most teams need a big three when – Yes. LeBron has shown you need two people. Right. And he can win with two. And yeah, yes. you sometimes you got to deal with this this circus if you want to win. Well, who's uh who is it they're trying to get from Washington right now the Lakers? They're trying to get uh I looked I was reading it yesterday. Anyway, I'll find it, but there's uh they're, they're trying to make some big trade right now and guess who's on the trade block for the Lakers? Mm. Ball. They're going to get rid of Lonzo Ball. And I yeah. told A you a ball that, for wall trade is yeah, that what it ball is? for wall. That was it. That was it. <laughs> Ball, it's balls to the wall to get wall. I'm a, I'm a child. I laugh at words that rhyme. And then finally, four years after John Anson lost his wallet at Hershey Park, it was returned to him when maintenance workers found it. It fell out of his pocket during a roller coaster ride. It contained $25 gift card to a bookstore and 87 cents to Starbucks. Well, it's nice to know that they're cleaning that place so carefully right now. <laughs> yeah. that four four years, years later, later, they, they decided it, to yeah. sweep the area he was sitting I, in. I, I have a very similar story. I did that, but it was eight years. What? I found my wallet eight years after I lost it. Where was it? I My battery on my car died, and I had stuck my wallet apparently in my pocket, up, upper, breast pocket. My breast pocket. That very popular I, coat that you wore. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, I, and I reached over to take... to. To put the chargers on the car, and it must have fallen into the engine mm-hmm. block. So you drove around for eight years with your with wallet? my wallet in my engine block, and then when I went to sell the car, I was showing the car to someone, and my wallet was sitting right, right for eight years. Eight years. It sat in was there. there was a, okay, so forty-two dollars. There was Whoa. forty-two dollars. I got, I got a good one. So I have this. Uh, this is back before I got sober, and I'm in Vancouver. And I'm moving out of this out of this house, and so I'm putting everything. And I had like I had just come from one of those Indian reservations, and I had like a ton of cash. It was over eleven thousand dollars, and so I'm looking at it, my friends coming over with these two with these bringing these two babes over <laughs> to the house. Right? He goes, "I got everything, man. Don't worry, we're good." And I go, "Okay, great." So I'm thinking, I don't know these girls, but I'm not leaving eleven grand. So I put the eleven grand. 
you know, and eleven thousand dollars is actually when it's in stacks of hundreds that's rolled is is you know nine inches, you know. So I take it. I, I got st- that on me right now. Exactly, right. exactly. Yeah. You got you got eleven grand's worth right now, and mm-hmm. you get two inches deep. <laughs> um, so I take it and I put it in a in a in a pair of boots, and then I put the boot box, you know, put them back in the boot box, and I put them in the closet, and I put like three things on top of it. Well, we proceed to go on like a two day weekend bender, and and I'm hammered. And so they leave and everything else, and I open my drawer and everything, and I can't find. I'm totally. Lo- they were like in the driveway <laughs> right. when I threw it in there, so I did it fast too. Right. And I can't find. It. I I almost lost this person in front. I'm like, you bring these bimbos over my house, and they steal eleven grand, pal. <laughs> What's your problem? Do you not have any barometer or any gauge to be able to tell? You know, I'm going off on my friend Dooley, and he goes, Bro, I know these girls. They did not steal your money. I go, They stole the money. You know, I'm flipping them. You're paying me back. You owe me eleven grand. He goes, I'm not paying you anything. So I move. I put all the stuff in the truck. But I brought, it's in uh, like a closet, some obscure closet. And I mean, it's years later. Not not eight years yeah. later, but it, it was a couple or three years later. And I go, you know what? And I was going for an audition. And I go, he's a cowboy. But I go, where's those cool ones that come I'm like where and so I'm looking I'm in the garage I see them up on the in the in the boot box I pull them down I literally pull the first boot out I look right in the boot and I go ah. and oh, immediately immediately it, took, it flashed immediately I took the boot out I, I go wait a minute I grabbed the other boot I'm like there's like five grand in this one I tell you there's six grand in one five grand in another I called up my friend I was like Tony, I'm so sorry. I oh, go, my God. I go, I hid the money. I go, I had it the whole time. It was terrible. We got to take a break. Well, that's it for So What? Brought to you by Wildcat Sports Pub. In Camillus, we'll come back and talk to Dennis Miller. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. This hour of the Daniel Baldwin Show brought to you by Cam's Pizzeria in Baldwinsville. Gentle dentistry. Go to sleepwellbeville.com. A little uh, late last week, Daniel Baldwin had a chance to speak with Dennis Miller, former Monday night football host, stand-up comedian, radio show host, a little bit every Saturday night live news host. And it went down like this. The adorable, deplorable tour, which comes to the On Center at Krauss Heinz Theater in Syracuse on Saturday, February 23rd. Tickets are on sale now and available at Ticketmaster. Tell us about the uh, tour, Dennis. What's happening? Well, we're just trying four dates together. I asked the guys, Mark and I had dinner and we had good banter and fun. I thought we should go out and just, uh, you know, do some... Uh, dates where it ends in some sort of raucous. He, he's a pretty adept mind, old Mark Stein, and a nice Q&A session with the folks about the world we live in. So I asked him to put together four dates, and somebody over in Genius Central threw a dart into Syracuse and picked the night that Duke are playing the Orange Minute. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> so I want to thank them for doing the advanced job. I feel like the guys who were supposed to clear the garage when Lee Harvey Oswald was getting transferred. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and this would be a ruby in the rough as opposed to a diamond, of course. Um, I always I always wonder what the criteria was to get into the garage that day. It's like, uh, you know, the second cop says to the first cop, hey, the guy who owns the local topless bars here, and he appears to have a handgun. Should we let him in? Yeah. Bring him in. Yeah, he wants an, auto- he who, wants an who autograph. He's turned away. <laughs> exactly. 
Well, you know, it's really funny you should say this because my, my wife was not as savvy to all the conspiracy stuff. And on the cover of one of these, you know, special life editions uh, at the grocery store is this whole new evidence and new papers have been released about JFK and everything. And I, tr- I tried talking to her about I said, just look at the, the picture that Jackie is wearing the same outfit when she's on Air Force One. And there and, and you can see on Johnson's face like. He just has guilt written all over his face with the famous picture of his hand up and blah, and it took place in Texas. And don't get me started right now. Don't well, get me listen, started. you know, she was very adamant that day about not taking that off. She uh, kept saying, I want them. She kept using the word them. And, you know, that's the great contention. Who is them? She, I want them to see what they did to him. Anytime during the day when she was off, in her own world, as you would be if you look over and your husband's had his head splatted while you're on a drive. Uh, you, so you're obviously in shock. The only thing she seemed definitive about is she wanted to remind them. So thus, the uh, suit, whoever she assumed them was, maybe it was an amalgamation of the uh, the mob, Cuba, the uh, you know the, the the hoi polloi, which I think she thinks that we're out to get him and you know LBJ. Maybe that's why the fever dream that is Oliver Stone's JFK is such a a, a great kind of you know goofball spit wadding movie, but it's great because it it does seem like delirium in retrospect. Yeah, yeah, I think there was a lot of different uh, a lot of different people that were involved. You know, I I, I wrote a script years ago um and i called it the two days before and it it's uh, uh just a guy who's obviously one of the um the gunmen from the grassy knoll and it's him waiting in the hotel room and in another room down the way is another guy who he looks at him you know and they have they keep having this interaction of waiting in the room and calling his wife saying i'm going to be delayed and you know he's an insurance salesman whatever he's telling her at home but what it must have been like for whoever was involved when they finally got the target and realized they were going to shoot the president. And that well, they were two dead. things. If Katzenberg options it, it'll be Trump in the room down the hall. And <laughs> secondly, um, it, Don DeLillo wrote a great book called Libra, uh, which uh, he, he's a, I don't know if he's for everybody, but I thought that book was genius. And it, uh, it follows a lot of this uh, uh, well, like I said, murky trail that brings uh, it, it's a, it's as good a, a it's as good an exposition on what might have happened with Lee Oswald as anything else. So I would give that a read. Libra. Libra. I'm going to write that down. Um, what are you up to coming up into the event? Are, are you, are you, is it just these dates you're going to be doing this tour? Or I know you've got an amazing podcast that you do with a huge following. Um, how does that work that you're coming to do? You shut the podcast down. Do you do the podcast on the road? Oh, no, they- you know, you've seen people crank those podcasts up. God, you can put an auxiliary jack in your kneecap and plug in and do it. It's so <laughs> funny where, you know, you just have to go somewhere in a car and have cling lights turned on to do a show. And now you've got your phone. You plug this small mic into it. You start yapping anywhere you want. You've got yourself a podcast. I always think of it as the same stuff I used to tell a shrink for 400 bucks an hour. I just go on the podcast now and lay it all out. And uh, they 
they pay you. I'm going to try to get back into, you know, I was with O'Reilly for six years, I think, at least on his show once a week. So when people would come to me and say, hey, do you want to do this show or that show? And I'm not saying to me, it was like the uh, storming the Bastille, but periodically you'd get invited on a talk show. And I always say, oh, you know, I've got my appearance this week. Now that O'Reilly went away overnight, uh, I have to start uh, feeling my way back into that. So I went on Kimmel a few weeks ago. I'm on Fallon in a couple weeks uh, this special that I just put out is my ninth, and I think what I'm going to try to do at age 65 is do my tenth one on and call it just funny, and try to do an hour again without any politics in it. Because let's face facts, it is the Hatfields and McCoys out there right now, brother. And yeah. I'm sorry, I'm a little under the weather tonight. If I sound uh, oh, no, I'm like I'm on the verge of a sneeze, but uh, yeah, I'd like to just try to see what it would be like. I, I don't think I can go back to what part of the chicken is the McNugget and that stuff, but I'm going to try to find some mid ground and just do uh, just laughs. I think I'd call it. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting to me. Uh, there's um, there's so much material out there now politically. Uh, because of the president and because of the fact that, you know, he he uses these social media platforms, in particular Twitter. And I've had these conversations and you know where, you know, certain members of my family stand, you know, and, and, and I had a, a, a come into Jesus with Alec not that long ago where I said, because I've got Stephen, who is, you know, from the apprentice mentality and loves Trump. And then Alec, of course, mm-hmm. who who has uh, made his his feelings about Trump well-known with his impersonations and so on. But but at the end of the day, I said to him, you know what I really think, though? I do think that there's a large membership in Hollywood that if you were to have said to him two years before he was elected, that Donald, including Hillary, that Donald Trump is going to run against you, they would have laughed. And so for, for whatever reasons, I, I'm going to throw out all of the Russian involvement and this and that, all the conspiracy theories. But he won. And I don't think anyone ever thought, and I don't think like we did with Clinton, like we did with Obama, like we did with other presidential candidates, where we had events, we raised money. But I think people got caught with their pants down a little bit, and they're really pissed about it, is what I think. That's my theory on it. I think guys like my own brother just go, you know what? I didn't work that hard this time, and this guy narrowly got in there and won. And I think they're mad. Lucky for Alec, quite frankly. uh, Lucky for Alec. Talk about a... Backdraft of uh, an infusion of juice, and it's it's uh, made him, I would assume, tens of millions of dollars. The baby thing and all that. So Alex probably got some sanctum sanctorum conversation with himself, where he thinks, "All right, he wasn't my type, my cup of tea." But geez, I can't believe all this wouldn't have happened. I, I'd just be intrigued to hear that inner dialogue. Somebody ought to do that sort of short story yeah. about what's actually going on inside Alex's head. The thing about Trump with me is, I didn't know Trump. I know a lot of the people who hate him now knew him and uh, hung with him in that scene. And I don't think they hated him as much then. They thought he was a braggart. He is a braggart. But to say this about Trump, he's connected to the proletariat. He is the unlikeliest champion of the proletariat. And I think it comes from him visiting those work sites in a hard hat and meeting bricklayers and guys like that. I think he knows the rhythms. He knows how to talk to them. They hate him in the same way that Richard Sherman could not stay on the Seattle Seahawks after Pete Carroll didn't give the ball 
ball to Marshawn Lynch on the one-yard line and deprived him of a second Super Bowl ring. They can't believe that the ball wasn't given to Hillary and she didn't get into the end zone. They're devastated. It led to the dissolution of that team. They came in the next year and they grinned and said, no, no, we're good, we're good. We're going to use this motivation. They're devastated. And indeed, when all these guys started blowing out of town, they all expressed how pissed they were that they didn't close that deal. And I think that's what's going on with the Democrats right now. I think they can't believe they lost to Trump, where I can believe it. I can believe it easily. Hillary, say this about Trump. Trump's outer voice is an entirely accurate depiction of his inner voice, as crazy as that sometimes is. Hillary Clinton's inner voice and outer voice, most people realize have never even had a cup of coffee together. And that's why Trump's the president today. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I, and I think when you look, uh, besides maybe, maybe Nixon and a hair of Ronald Reagan, are you going to get people? I think he, he might very well get reelected. I think people at the end of the day are going to look at their bank account and a lot of it's going to come down to how they're doing economically versus eight years with Barack Obama. And I think that they're going to look at that and he it's going to be tight. But I don't see the Democrats as having somebody that they're going to be able to jump right in there and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be that smiling Jimmy Carter, just don't say anything bad right now kind of thing. Someone's going to have to step up as a personality and show why you want them elected. Because what I, what I was going to do, the analogy between is I think you're going to need a lot of people that aren't going to admit because they don't think it's fashionable that they're going to vote for Trump. But a lot of people are going to walk in that booth after saying one thing or you're going to pull a different dial for sure. Yeah, that's Beauty of the secret ballot, my friend. Obviously, you got to play. I listen. I know guys at Hollywood who tell me because they know that I speak my mind. They say good for you, and uh, they tell me they like it. Uh, but they're not going to say it. It's just business. They'd be suicidal. A couple of these guys. And I'm not trying to act mystery science theater. I'm just saying I do have a couple of good friends. They're high up, and they can't say anything, or they'd be uh, they'd be out of the game board and they can't afford to be out of the game board. So I understand it completely. I think Trump is clearly the front runner for 2020. I know on that side, they're talking about Biden and they always say that Biden's uh, an amiable genius. And to me, Biden should be the third guy in a car on a Sonic commercial, you know, sitting in the back. And I got slurpy too. I don't think Joe Biden's a genius. And I think if you put the, the jeweler's loop on and watch him over the course of a year and a half, I think you're going to see a lot. He's going to make Trump uh, look like wartime Churchill, for God's sakes. Listen, as long as they're not lobbing missiles over Japan, there's another thing that I'm for Trump with. And, you know, as far as the southern border, listen, I'd like anybody to come here. But for God's sakes, sign the guest book on the way in. If you're going to have an affair with a coworker at a red roof hotel in the middle of the afternoon, the guy behind the desk makes you scribble something on the desk blotter. If we can do it there. There's only two areas we're not allowed to do that at our border. And then when it comes time to vote, if that doesn't tell you what sort of rigged, weird game this is. And immediately they'll say you're paranoid. I'm not paranoid. I'm viewing it through cold pragmatism. And I think a lot of people are. And I think like you, we don't live in times where if you get a call at 630 during dinner from a stranger saying, I want to talk to you from a poll about who you're going to vote for. I think most people say, um, I can't and get off the phone. You're going to do that, end up on Lois Lerner's list, getting an audit or something because you put Patriot in your application for tax free exemption. It, it, it's, it's crazy what's out there right now. It's not worth the headache. Everybody shut up till the day, pull the shower curtain at the polling place and vote for who you want. 
If I had to pick right now, I think that's going to be Donald Trump. And I think that's pretty easily going to be Donald Trump. Well, you know, it's interesting because we're this land that they want to be in more than the place that they're at. And the only requirement is, is, hey, you're a guest until it until that that changes because of our legal system. And you have to do certain applications and behave in a certain way. But if you're a guest in someone's home and you have to come in and sign that guest book, don't go to the party if you don't want to sign the guest book. It's pretty simple. It's a requirement to come to the party. It's pretty easy. It's not a big thing. And it's a hell of a lot better than where you're coming from. That's why you're coming over the border. So there's this lawless thing that seems like we're we're embracing. um, and, 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 And the other thing about it that really bothers me, Dennis, is we're paying for it. We're paying for these people to come. They can actually get unemployment and they can get health benefits and not even be a citizen yet. And that amazing amount of money that we're doing while we have firemen whose families are, you know, from 9-11 and different things that we can really be concentrating on and using our money properly to do it. Uh, you know, it's it, it, it's very sad. Hey, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to make my pledge. I am not going to the Duke game. I will, I will not go. I will ask. I will rally people now to know that I will not go see Duke Syracuse. I will be there to see the great Dennis Miller, a great American, a great comedian, and I've been a fan for many, many years, Dennis. I will be there at the On Center to watch your show. Well, you boys got dulcet tones over there, man. Who, who had the great pipes in your family, your mom or your dad? Because the combination of them... Uh, them as your parents has given you all the smoothest voices. They're like Barrymore voices let, or something. Let me tell Who you, the, it, was, it was dad, but let me tell you something. This is my great line on Twitter when Alec turned around and said, can you imagine how great the debates would be between me and Donald Trump if I decide to run for president? And I turned around and I and I wrote back, you know what, brother, please do it, because can you imagine how much money I'm going to make on Saturday Night Live doing my impression of you if you win? <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect, <laughs> because there is that, isn't there? There's politics, and there's uh, Polly Walnuts being an earner. So That's beautiful, right. brother. Yeah, I love right. that both. Good, good, uh, that, that is good sibling rivalry, rapier wit. You, you got it, my friend. Hey, listen, thank you so much for taking the time. Dennis, I know you're really busy, and we'll see you at the On Center. All right, my friend. Thank you. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas.